0: This is the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church Reno, we love God, love others, and make a difference. For more information, visit lifechurchreno.com. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you.
1: Great to see you guys today, and uh, if you're joining us online, so glad that you are. Today, we're continuing in our series called Immeasurably More. And so if you have your Bibles, go over to Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. This, uh, this series we're in is all rooted in this uh, verse in Ephesians where Paul is wrapping up this prayer for the church there and he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, uh, the King James says, exceedingly abundantly above. Uh, Immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And so in this series, we've called Immeasurably More, we're talking about how many times we don't go through life with the appropriate sense of holy expectancy. We don't go through life with enough of a a sense of expectation of God's uh, activity in our life and through our life and for our lives. And we're talking about all these different aspects of our lives. Last week, we talked about uh, how uh, many times we don't expect God's activity enough in our families. And today I want to talk to you uh, about what does it look like and how do we prepare ourselves for immeasurably more in our church. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn over to Acts 5 and 14. When I think about immeasurably more in our church, there's this verse in Acts that just comes right to my mind that's incredibly powerful. Uh, Acts chapter five and verse 14, in the NIV it says this. It says, nevertheless, more men and women believed in the Lord, and we added to their number. now, But over in, in the English Standard Version, now when you're looking at Bible translations, there's a ton of great Bible translations. Uh, and, and each translation um, has a different uh, emphasis that the translators were going for. And so in, in the New International Version, one, it, it is a, it's a very accurate translation, but it also really emphasizes readability for our, our modern uh, way of, of the English language. Uh, where the English Standard Version uh, is, is very focused on word for word, how accurate can we be word for word to, to the original Greek, where the NIV is a little more uh, phrase by phrase. And so as we look at the, e, uh, the, the ESV of Acts 5.14, I love how it says this verse. It says, and more than ever. So when I'm thinking about immeasurably more for, for our church, the first verse that comes to my mind, Acts 5.14 ESV, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now, now for this to uh, really, uh, for us to really understand the potency of Acts 5.14, we really have to kind of look at a snapshot of the first Few chapters of of Acts, for, so for for Luke to say and more than ever. Well, what does that mean? So we we go back and we just want to show you just what, what how big of a statement that this is. And so it, we have to go all the way back to the day of Pentecost, where where Peter is is preaching and the Holy. It's only been a few weeks since Jesus has died on the cross, resurrected, ascended into heaven, and, and Peter's preaching the Holy Spirit. Falls in power, we see in verse 41, those who accepted his message. The Holy Spirit falls. People literally begging to give their lives to Christ. They say, what must we do to be saved? And Acts 2.38, Peter says, let, repent and let each one of you be baptized. He says, and those who accepted his message were baptized. By the way, uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to have a, a baptism here at Life Church. If you've given your life to Christ, And and, and since you made the choice to follow Jesus, haven't taken that next step of of getting baptized. That word baptized, it simply means dunk, plunge, or immerse. And we've, listen, we've baptized probably well over 1,500 people here over the last 18 years, and we've never drowned anybody yet. Close calls, but nobody yet. And so uh, if you've given your life to Christ, Jesus, so Peter says, repent and then then get baptized. Jesus, go and, and all the world, make disciples and baptize them. It's really our first chance to obey Jesus after we give our lives to Christ. And so if you've given your life to Christ, become a follower of Jesus, haven't been baptized yet, you can sign up for that baptism at at LifeChurchReno.com or on the Church Center app if you've got a child uh, who's like second grade through sixth grade, who's, who's been asking questions about following Jesus and baptism. We have a class right after uh, the third service today upstairs in the kids' building. But what we see here, Acts 2.41, that those who accepted his message were baptized, and then about 3,000, probably uh, 3,000 men, about 3,000 3, 3, 3, were added to their number that day, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. So it's either 3,000 or 3,000 men plus women and children. But we see this is how, how the early the church gets started. And then we see the six verses later, we see this snapshot, Acts 2, 42 to 47, of what this first church was all about. And then it says, for, verse 47, and the Lord added to their number Daily, those who were being saved. And then we see just in Acts 4, 4, the chapter right before Acts 5. This is all over a very short period of time, just a few weeks. Acts 4, 4, it says, but many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So this church is experiencing exponential growth. And so then we catch up, Acts chapter 5, verse 14, and it says, and more than ever, Really really, the principle here for me is this: there's always room for immeasurably more, immeasurably more in our lives, immeasurably more in, in our church, and immeasurably more in, in our impact. There's as great as the past has been. There's always room for immeasurably more of God's activity in our lives and in our church. And, and this uh, January, Life Church will turn 18 years old. Old enough Yes, yes, yes. Uh, old enough. Uh, Old enough to vote, but still young enough to be stupid. It's kinda, and so, uh, and as I look back on the last 17 and a half years of Life Church, God's been so kind to us and so good to us and, and, and so much evidence of his activity and his favor. And it's, and, and it's been amazingly great, but as great as it has been, that I believe God has immeasurably more for us. I believe God may be taking us into a more than ever type of season. There's always, there's always room for immeasurably more. And, and so as, as our leadership has been sort of dreaming about the future, preparing for what we believe God has in store for us over these next couple of years, we've been doing some things behind the scenes just to reorganize and restructure and preparation for that. And, and part of that was adding our, our newest staff member, Elena Marchegger. Let's welcome her to the stage for a quick minute. Elena leads all of our worship ministries and, um, and really, uh, each week during this series of Immeasurably More, I'm inviting a different uh, leader at Life Church or leadership family at Life Church to come and have a chat with me about what does this Immeasurably More thing look like in your life in this area. Last week we had the Sumps talking about Immeasurably More in their family. And, and so I just thought, as we're talking about church, let's hear from the, the newest uh, team member at Life Church. And I just want to say, Elena, we're so excited that God brought you on our team. Let's just welcome her again. Take a few minutes. Help the let the people kind of get to know you a, a little bit. a Little background.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave said my name right. This service, which is a win. So first
1: service, I totally butchered her name. <laughs> uh, it, uh, whenever I tell Siri to call Elena, I say call Elena Marchabegger, and then and I have this knowledge at the time like oh I've added like a, two, a syllable or two to her name, and I told myself I wasn't going to do it first service, but then I did, and so uh, but I okay. killed it this service. Yes. Elena Marchegger. Yes. March egg-er.
0: Yes, perfect.
1: Say it together, march, egg-er. All right, you made us go there, so we're going to fully go there. I have some regrets. uh, Regrets, yeah, third service, you'll see what happens. And so tell us a little bit about Elena.
0: Awesome, yeah, I grew up in Carson City. I love that town so much, so I feel like I was born and raised there. We moved there when I was eight, so I call myself a Carson City native, but um, I grew up there. I grew up in the church. Um, My family has always um, been just a huge part of going to church and my faith. And so, yeah, I have just the blessing of having a life um, from a very early age of being um, just super actively involved in the church. And that's always been a huge part of my faith um, and my relationship to God. Um, But then I started playing music and started really leading um, worship in the eighth grade. And my faith really became my own. I started to talk to the Lord and kind of form my own relationship with Him and really learned what it felt like to feel His presence and um, just experienced that for the first time. And so I got an internship in high school at a non-denominational church in Carson. And um, people in my life started being like, hey, you spend a lot of time at the church, like more than the average individual and you love it. Like maybe you're called to this. And so through this whole um, sort of unraveling of all my life plans and God just making it really clear that this is what he had for me, um, I found myself at Grand Canyon University studying worship arts, um, ministry and biblical theology. And so I was there for... Four years studying that, and then like everybody else in COVID, ended up back here in Nevada, and I have not left. <laughs> the
1: whole reason COVID happened was so God could bring Elena back to to <laughs> Nevada. I, it's probably worth it. Probably worth it. And uh, and so you came back here, became uh, began leading a worship ministry up at the lake. Tell us one take home out of that experience.
0: Yeah, I got have uh, had the blessing of being up at Cornerstone Community Church in Incline for the past couple years, and that was just such an incredible experience because my first time really, like, leading and owning a ministry. And so I feel like the Lord um, just showed me and gave me even more like confidence in the like worship leader that he's made me to be and he just made so many little pieces of my heart um that I've always like been secret I feel like he was able to give me the opportunity to share that with the church and I really got to see like the fruit of that in the ministry and so it was really cool just really affirmation uh, from the Lord that like this is what you're supposed to do and so I feel like it's just propelled me like even more forward in this calling so
1: talk to us a little bit about how God began to speak to you to to be drawn towards Life Church and, and what it was that he's doing here that really kind of captured your heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I was at the Carson Night of Worship a couple months ago. I just got invited by some friends and I'd kind of heard of Life Church. I um, didn't really know much about it. But I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. And so I um, went to that worship night and just immediately, like, just the presence in the room of how you guys worship from that very first song was just so mind blowing to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of this and I want to be a part of this. in this area in northern Nevada, um, that's one of the reasons I kind of felt called to stay here and move back here was because I feel like Nevada needs churches, more churches. And so then hearing that that was part of life's mission and vision, I was like, I want to be a part of this. And so that really excited me.
1: Yeah. Elena mentioned that she was at that night of worship, literally sitting there in the crowd feeling like, I feel like I'm supposed to be a part of this, but but also like you know, you were on staff at another church, and you didn't want to be too forward, and kind of be like, "Hey, I'm Elena," I want to, and and so she was like, kind of praying the Lord, and then this lady at Life Church, who had been at a retreat where Elena had led worship and 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 loved Elena, saw Elena in the crowd, and is like, "Elena, you," and, and Elena was like, "I wish." the Lord would have someone introduce me to the leadership here. And then this lady comes up to Elena that, that saw you at, at the retreat and was like, Elena, you've got to meet uh, the bronze who are, who are leading out in this campus. And, and, and so then you guys met and then we connected. And what, what was, uh, and, and how, how else did the Lord just kind of reveal this is the place?
0: Yeah, I think um, if you talk to anybody at Life Church, you have probably heard them excitedly share about all the incredible things that they feel like God is calling them to over the next couple years. And I was just like, I am so excited to be a part of that, especially in the worship side, because I feel like worship is a huge um, tool in the hand of God that he uses to like shape us and form us and equip us for really big seasons and really big steps of faith. And so I was like, I just wanna be part of this ministry. I wanna be um, part of like, preparing us to do these big things in this area and watch the Lord move, and so that was really clarifying.
1: Awesome, and I know you're still kinda of getting your feet under you, brand new, but as, as you begin to like think in terms of like immeasurably more, some things that God might wanna do when it comes to our worship ministry over the coming years, what are some things that God's birthing in your heart already?
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I've been uh, really praying for and believing for that I kind of feel already stirring is like this spirit of newness. And I'm not just saying that because I'm really new, but because I feel like God is doing a new thing as He's doing a new thing at Life Church. He's doing new things in worship. And I feel like one of those things is um, He's just calling us to go deeper and press in more to his presence. And I feel like um, sometimes in faith and in the church, we tend to maybe be scared to pray like really bold prayers or to like ask God for more. And I think um, that God is calling us to ask him for more in our worship and to just really... um, dive fully into his presence, and I, so I feel like this is a season where God's saying, like, let's just tear down the walls and, like, pursue him wholeheartedly, and I really think he's going to use that to just, like, transform us into this next season and carry us, so I'm believing for that. I'm believing for just newness and more spirit, more of God's presence in this season.
1: I'm so glad that God's brought you to our team. Let's thank the Lord for <laughs> So, So what we see here in the book of Acts, I really just want to show you just out of these few chapters that lead up to that Acts 5.14, that where it says, and more than ever, people were coming to the Lord that really, no matter how great the past has been, there's always room for more than ever. And, and, and I wanna show you some things that the early church uh, was doing that, I, I believe, sort of sets the table or kind of a sense of invitation of it, inviting the Lord to take us to more than ever kind of places, immeasurably more kind of places. Obviously, those things, those 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 uh, immeasurably more moments, are gifts from the Lord. But I do also believe that there's things we can do to invite those things, and there's really this sense and that immeasurably more is often built on a foundation of past. Faithfulness. I just want to show you four quick things that I, I really think uh, we see that really define the early church these, and those first few chapters leading up to Acts chapter 5 where it says, and more than ever. Here's the first thing. From the, from the very beginning, the, this early church was marked by life-transforming commitment to Christ. And so when we see after after Acts 2.38 and and, and the day of Pentecost, these brand new believers, we see this snapshot of of this new church, and and we see in Acts 2.42, it's going to tell us what defined that early church, but it all begins with these two words, they devoted. Then it goes on to say, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer and to taking Communion, where they would just remember Jesus' death and, and our place and his resurrection, and then they would continue. But it really, it all begins where there's this, this, this life-changing, life-altering commitment. They were all in. Following Jesus wasn't just a side thing in their life. It wasn't just a peripheral thing in their life. It wasn't just a as-its-convenient sort of thing in their life. It really became the central thing in their life that defined everything else. And it's never been easier In all of church history, it's never been easier to to find ways to feel as though we're following Jesus that cost us nothing. And, and, and it, there's, it's never been easier to make it primarily about our own convenience, and, but what we see in this early church is it wasn't about convenience, it wasn't about it being on, on, on the side, it was this central devotion, this central commitment that then would define everything else in their life. There was this, this life-transforming commitment to Christ, and the other thing we see is there was this expectant prayer and experienced power. And so what we see in Acts 2, as it continues on after verse 41, they devoted themselves. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer, to the breaking of bread. And this is, and there was this sense of awe. The, the Greek word phobos, this holy sense of fear, this sense of God's presence. And, and we see this here in Acts 4, this chapter right before Acts 5.14, right before it says, and more than ever, it says this. It says, so what's happening here is, is the, we're seeing the beginnings of persecution of the early church. And Peter and John have been preaching, and the religious leaders have been giving them a hard time. They've been, they've been sort of arrested. Now they've been released. And then it says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Their go-to was prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. There's this expectancy in prayer because of this recognition of God's sovereignty. Sovereign Lord, you made everything that exists. What we're about to pray about is small potatoes compared to all of that. He says, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. So God, we know you made everything that exists. We're asking asking that, that now you would reveal your power, just like you did in creation, that you'd reveal your power through signs and wonders. And he says, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And this is after they prayed, The place where they were meeting together was shaken. There's this, they're they're praying with this heart of expectancy because of the big God they're praying to. And, and, and And they're praying with this sense of expectancy. And then there's this manifestation of God's power. The building literally shakes. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is probably one of the biggest things we can do to sort of set the table, create an atmosphere of invitation for God to do immeasurably more in our lives and, and in our church, uh, more than ever seasoned in our lives and in our church is this expectant prayer and, and, then, and then inviting and expecting God's power to move. And, and, and as a leadership, we're trying to increase that emphasis in and, and many ways. One simple thing we're gonna do over the next three Tuesdays, if you get a lunch break or you have flexibility in your schedule, the next three Tuesdays from 11.30 to 12.30, We're just going to open up the the worship center here. It's going to be totally casual. There'll just be some worship music playing uh, on on the speakers in the background. There'll be some some little prayer prompts on the screen of talking about specific ways that we could pray that God would do immeasurably more, go into a more than ever season in the life of our church. And there'll be people just praying as individuals. If people might spontaneously gather up into groups, it's going to be super casual. If you can only come for 20 minutes, just... Come even for 20 minutes. It'll be the next three Tuesdays from 11.30 to 12.30. Our staff team will be here. It's gonna be a great time. And so, so we see there's this, this devotion to following Jesus, him becoming the center of ent- their entire lives. There's this expectant prayer and experienced power that sort of sets the tone of invitation for God to do immeasurably more. And then the third thing is this. There was this boldness and risk-taking for the sake of the gospel. So here's the context. So those verses I just read a minute ago, they've just been kind of arrested, now they've been released. And then in this prayer, uh, it says, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Here's what we don't see. We don't see them praying that the threats would be removed. We don't see them praying about their unfortunate circumstances. Here's the fact. 80% 80% of our prayers are primarily about our unfortunate circumstances. And let's say that we hardly see any prayers in the New Testament having to do with unfortunate circumstances. And the, the prayers here is, is in, in spite of our circumstances, might we continue to speak your word with boldness. And then we see at the end, it says they were all filled with the spirit and what did they do? They spoke the word of God Boldly, It's impossible to read the book of Acts, see the early church, and, and, and think that the life of following Jesus is never going to cost us something. And that, it's, and that if our faith never involves steps of risk, steps of, of trust, steps of sacrifice, we are for sure doing it wrongly. And, and so what we see, this mark of the early church, is there was this boldness. There was this risk-taking for the sake of... Of the gospel, what we what we see here is this is right on the heels of of, of Peter. They, they've they've been uh, they're being given a hard time for their preaching. Let me show you the boldness that Peter's preaching with. It Says then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers and this is the thing that gets them arrested." Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Here's this great little phrase, the next, whom you crucified. You guys killed him. This is some bold preaching here. Whom you guys crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. This is bold preaching. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that they, these men have been with Jesus. So we have this incredible boldness. They're being arrested, and then what do they then do? They pray for more boldness, not that they won't get arrested again. They pray, God, would you continue even when it's hard? Help us to be people that are willing to follow you even when it takes courage, even when it takes risks, even when it takes sacrifice. Give us boldness. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves, it's never been easier. In, in America, in suburbia, for, for our faith to rarely ever to cause us to take a risk? When was the last time following Jesus caused you to take a risk, to, to, to step out in boldness, to, to experience sacrifice for the sake of the gospel? Here's the fourth thing that we see that, that really set the tone for this early church that I believe created a, an atmosphere, an invitation for God to do more than ever and immeasurably more season. Let me, It's this thing. They loved like the world had never seen before. Let me show this to you. Acts chapter four, again, this is just a few verses before we come to Acts 5, 14. This is all the things that were defining this early church. It says all the believers were one. There was this unity in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. You guys, any of you, I, I live with more people than most of you. Seven people live at our house. And, and we live with a bunch of thieves. I can't tell you how many times Claire goes in the bathroom and, and one, of, one of our girls has stolen her hair product. And she's like, I just bought them hair product and they're stealing my hair product. And then there's like a little mini riot about the hair product. Anyone else have any situations like this in your house? It's uh. It, It's definitely not an environment where no one claimed that their possessions were their own. Pray for the ladies. I'm just kidding. All right, let's keep on. And so uh, no one claimed that any of the possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. This is the evidence of God's grace. This is the evidence of God's activity. Here's what it is. That there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned houses or land sold them Brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had. I mean, they, this, this early church, there was this love like the world had never seen before. A love that crossed class, a love that would cross race, a love that, that led to remarkable generosity like the world had never seen before. It was incredibly attractive. This, at Life Church, we really believe that it's in the life groups, groups of people that meet throughout the week, some in the morning, some afternoon, some evening, some for men, some for ladies, a whole ton of them, co-ed. It's in these groups that we really believe that this is where we really learn to love one another. And we're about to kick off our our fall groups. Next week will be the big sign-up, but you can do a pre-sign-up today uh, at the Church Center app or or at LifeChurchReno.com. I would challenge you, if you're not already in a group, you want to be in one. But what's been amazing is out of that groups, out of those groups, and, and over the years, what we've seen happen is people in groups and in other ways in which they build relationships, they find out, hey, that family, their car just broke and, and it does, it's not going to be repaired, and they don't have a car. We have one we don't use too much. And people literally give cars to families. And we've seen in the church, people find out that families don't have a place to live and, and, and let a family live in their house for a while, or, or maybe they have a rent house that they say, hey, next few months, it's yours to use for free. We've seen these demonstrations of just remarkable generosity that, that really is this manifestation of, of love that you don't normally see in the world. I heard a story just recently about a family in our church that heard about another family and their son had been in an accident that had caused some very expensive dental work to be, need to be done. And this, this family said, hey, we wanna pay for that dental work no matter what it costs. This is this love like the world has never seen before. This These are the things that mark this early church that I believe are the things that kind of create an atmosphere, an invitation for God to come in and do immeasurably more in the life of a church, to go into a more than ever season in the life of a church. And, and, and here's the third thing and we're done. Immeasurably more almost never means immeasurably easier. We we live in a a culture where where our basic belief is easier equals better. And and, and sometimes that that is true. Like, Like if you're trying to check out at this grocery store, you're like, easier equals better. Like, but in life, that that's here's the truth. Easier is rarely more fulfilling. Better is rarely easier. And what we see is that immeasurably more almost never means immeasurably easier. We see it in two key ways here in this early church. There, there will be opposition. There, there will be, there will be well, spiritual opposition when, a, when, a, when a people are going into a more than ever season, an immeasurably more season. There, there will be spiritual opposition. We see this Acts five fourteen. It says, uh, with a verse we just read earlier. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. This sounds like about as good as church can be. People are coming to faith. There's such an incredible sense of God's activity and God's presence. People are, are, are being healed even by just people just walking by. There's such an amazing sense of God's presence and God's power. People are being drawn from all over the city saying, God's at work there. I don't want to miss out on that. But then the opposition comes. Then the high priest and all his associates who are members of the party, the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. See, immeasurably more almost never means immeasurably easier. Opposition will come, but here's the thing about opposition. With opposition, when we respond well to opposition, opportunity for God to move comes. Let me show you this, verse 19. They're in jail, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. They get arrested, an angel busts them out of jail, and here's the next thing we see. Opposition provides opportunity, if we'll respond well, for us to make much of Jesus. So, they're, so they're, they get arrested for preaching Jesus. This angel busts them out of jail. Now we catch up the story, verse 25. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. That must have been an epic moment just to tell these, hey, the guy you arrested, they're, they're right there. And they're teaching again. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles, and so now they're getting seized or arrested again. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them, but they are taking them over, and the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be addressed by the high priest, saying, and the priest says, We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. He said, Yet you filled with Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood, because, because they were. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead. See, this opportunity, when we respond well, gives this opportunity to, this this, um, opposition, when we respond well, gives this opportunity to make much of Jesus. They, They say, the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey. I, I think it's awesome. These guys get arrested for preaching the gospel, and then while they're being like, like um, they're they're being interrogated for preaching the gospel, their response is to preach the gospel to those people that are interrogating them because they were preached. Oh, you're mad that we're preaching the gospel? Let me preach the gospel to you about it. They're made, they're, they respond well to the opposition. And then they take the opportunity of God's activity to then make much of Jesus. See, the thing is, more than ever, hardly ever means easier than ever, because of opposition, but also because of growing pains. Have any of you guys arrived here at Life Church and, and you arrive here and you can't find a place to park? Or, God forbid, you end up in the gravel, which is giant sacrifice for the gospel stuff, you know it's, uh, Growing pains. Acts six one. What we see is it says that those days the number of disciples was increasing. The Hellenistic Jews. So the Jews that weren't uh, Jewish by ethnicity, uh, they they were Ju- converted to Ju- uh, Judaism even though they weren't born ethnically Jewish. Jewish. Uh, the Hellenistic Jews, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, those who were ethnically Jewish by birth, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of it. So There's there's more people than, than are easily able to be taken care of. There are these needy widows. The apostles are trying to do it all, trying to take care of all these folks, and it's more than they can do. And so these these, uh, these ladies who were not Jewish by birth were saying, hey, the ladies who are Jewish by birth, they're being taken care of better than we are. We catch up with the story, at verse two. So the 12 gathered, all the disciples together and said, it wouldn't be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. They said, there's more than we can do by ourselves. Brothers and sisters, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom will turn this responsibility over to them And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Here's what we see. Growing pains always brings opportunity for people to step up. Growing pains, so so more than ever, hardly ever means easier than ever. Sometimes because of opposition, sometimes because of growing pains. But the thing about growing pains is it always presents an opportunity for people to step up. And, and, And maybe God's been stirring in your heart. Uh, way, ways that, that you could, could step up and make a difference here. We'll be talking in the weeks to come about some different opportunities for that. But let me show you, when people step up, let me show you what happens. So, so there are these growing pains, there's more to take care of that is easy to take care of. People step up, and then what do we see? Now this is after this more than ever moment that we see. So the word of God spread the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of even the priests became obedient to the faith. When people step up, even more impact happens. Let's pray that God would do immeasurably more in our church. Father, we do... uh, Lord, we do just confess, Lord, our gratitude for all of your goodness at Life Church these last 17 and a half years. And Lord, we do just confess that every good thing has been you. And Lord, I do pray that, that you would create in each of us a greater sense of holy expectancy, a greater sense that, that you've got immeasurably more than we could even think, ask, or imagine in store for us, both as individuals and as a church. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to, to, to Lord, be, be led by your Spirit and choose to, to, to do the things that, that create a, a, an environment, a culture of, of invitation for you to take us into a, a more than ever moment, an immeasurably more moment that we really would make You, the center of our entire lives, that we really would pray expectant prayers, uh, expecting you to move in power, that we'd be people that are are willing to step out and take risks and to take bold moves, even even things that are difficult. Lord, that we'd be people that love each other as family, that we'd love each other in ways that, that you don't find anywhere else in the world, that we'd be those kinds of people. Lord, I pray that you'd create that heart of expectancy.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and we'll see you soon.